Hi, everybody. Welcome back to chapter eight plus of the podcast. Yes, hello. So um, I, I wanted to start off this part I, for something, for some reason, the middle, like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 kind of blur together for me. They're just like a chunk. Yeah, well, I think you can consider them as a chunk because we're still on the reservation and there's just so much that's happening at the reservation that... Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Huxley breaks it down into chapters, but really it could be one big chapter. Oh, and there's so much dialogue that it's hard to talk about things thematically if you're not just reading the dialogue. Because this book, this section is actually a lot more dialogue than the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, John is a more talkative character than everybody else, and I feel like we like end the exposition of the world state and kind of get into the meat of, um, what did you say last time? The plot twist. Yes, it's the plot twist. So, yes. Okay. So, chapter eight opens, um, and I just want to read a little bit of it to kind of set the scene. It opens with John and Bernard taking a walk outside on the in the reservation. So, like, the whole area they're in is the reservation, right? Yes. Like, everything. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yes. So, outside in the dust among, their garbi- among the garbage, there were four dogs now. Um, th- I notice that all the time, that, like, dogs rustling in the garbage is, like, a symbol of what a trash pile this world is. Yeah, you think dirty, Phil. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, Bernard and John were walking slowly up and down. It's so hard for me to realize, Bernard was saying, to reconstruct as though we were living on different planets in different centuries. A mother, all this dirt, the gods, the old age, the disease. It's almost inconceivable. I shall never understand unless you explain. And then John says, explain what? And he's like, this that everything your entire life um and john's like he responds i'm not going to go verbatim here but john is like well yeah this is my life Uh but what is there to say it's from the beginning you know as far back as i can remember and like there's this is like a really this book can be very cold but this is a very real like dialogue this this whole scene is really really human to me like yeah. like bernard shock at this um we talked about this a little bit last time do you, so do you think nobody went to the reservation like hardly anyone ever did this well that's what i'm thinking is that since the director's been in control for what the last 30 years almost well i don't know because of the way they genetically engineer people he could have been in control for 60 years yeah well that's very true too so i'm thinking that he pretty much denied people from going to this reservation except himself except for himself yeah Mm -hmm. um uh, that way he they do not see linda yeah um or get the horrors what they claim as horrors of mm-hmm. this reservation, of how different it is to their society. Well, this is really a crack in the world state because when we're in the first half of the novel, we think, oh, wow, things have really changed. The whole world is like this. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not really. It's just completely uh, the part of the world that acts. I mean, this world, the reservation, is close. Well, I, this is up for debate. Is the reservation closer to our world currently or is the world state? Oh, that is a very good question. Because I was going to say, the reservation has mothers and families and gods and dirt and smelliness and all those types of things. Um, But, you know, a lot of people say, are we closer to, that we're, our country, our world is closer to Brave New World. We were were reading eugenics. Are, 
like let's let's pause are we closer to the reservation or closer to the wild state I want to say we're probably in the middle of the two yeah. because we're not one extreme or the other. The reservation, you get it like an extreme case of, you know, that is their world. This is mothers, fathers, the unborn. You are mm-hmm. worshiping gods, whipping yourselves, things like but that. But it's also very dirty, very, very old school. Yeah, very like, old. Whereas the world state is new. Everybody's genetically modified. It's, yeah. it's, it's sterile. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're just, we're not one or the other. We're just kind of in the middle and we just don't know. Yeah. I think we're probably going towards the more world state than going back. I mean, like I, like after I've been living in the world state so long, I, I, I'm refreshed by the reservation, Yeah. but it's also still very sad. It's like, it's like going from the world state to a really underdeveloped, impoverished country. Like, we skipped sort of where we are right now. It's like, and that again leads back to the thing we've talked about before. What was the trauma that, like, you kind of get the vibe that the world state developed from where we were. It's like, these are polar extremes. Right. And too, like, if, if there was some sort of trauma where they had to build the world state, why did they keep the reservation? Why did they keep the reservation in New Mexico? Was that for like more like field trips, like a fun vacation destiny for you to kind of like look at another life? Anthropological studies. Maybe. Seems very Nazi-like, like to study them maybe. Yeah, but and if you think about it with the director, if he's in charge of getting permits, mm-hmm. how many of those permits will he be handing out? Because if it's to the alphas, they do have more individual thought than yeah. the other. I mean, did he... Why, like, why, yeah, why keep the reservation Yeah, why running? keep it? Especially if you got rid of the classical books, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, and that, that's something, because that's going to really come to play as we move on here. We're going to see John's exposure to Shakespeare and the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be an interesting... Because um, that's like... It, even though the world state is, for most intents and purposes, more advanced, like without literature and faith and a lot of like this it does it ends up seeming very hollow like i mean the reservation isn't nice like i can't say that i want to go to the reservation i i don't want to go to the reservation i'd rather have shakespeare though yeah like i i want what the world state is lacking that the reservation has where they're able mm-hmm. to read books where they have families is that the point of this book or is that what we're supposed to think the best of both worlds Probably. It's probably where Huxley was trying to get his point across. Like, yeah. we should value these things. Like, neither of these two extremes work. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Something could... to ponder for our listeners. Truly. Um, so, uh, there's, a, there's a, a, like a kind of a middle section here in 8 where we're introduced to Linda and Pope. I would say it's Pope. Pope? I've made a mistake in the past of calling him Pope. Pope. But he does have the Pope on, on top of the E. So Now, he is a lover of Linda. Yes. One of Linda's lovers. Yes. Correct? And I guess you could almost go as far as say, like, a stepdad in a way. Okay. To John. Okay. Yeah. But that's very, that's like a very loose. Her, like, common law husband. Yeah. Kind common of. law husband. Okay. Yeah. But John doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think he likes certain things that Pope does. Because he because doesn't he has like liquor, and Linda wants that because it reminds her of Soma. Yes. And she gets drunk and like, you know embarrassing and you know basically like someone who has a sad life when they get drunk and that's that's what she's doing with Pope here um and then and they get into kind of a domestic violence situation yes um yeah abuse that is going on that John witnesses yeah that's traumatic for him too especially because Pope can take that out on John um yeah but one thing that Pope does that helps John a little bit is introduce him to Shakespeare. True. So. So I this this kind of this family dynamic here that it's not good, but it, but it's it's real. I know a lot of people that have that dynamic that have you know an alcoholic mom and a father who's kind of abusive. But maybe they both have some characteristics that are positive, like, you know, like Pope likes literature and Linda does in some ways love John. So, like, yeah. this is this is sort of the, the downside of of traditional family structure. It's not like this. is This is the draw that you get sometimes. Sometimes you get this life. Yeah. Sometimes you get functional family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Functional family. Um, I mean, you have your bad, some of it is mostly bad, but then you also have some good parts out of it that you can pick out throughout your lifetime. Yes. Um, uh, and so, so like, we're introduced to that. Then we get some kind of backstory more about Linda and John and how he grew up, how he, how Linda taught John to read. Um, they talk a little bit about the amalgamation of like religious culture in the reservation. It's like a mixture of Christianity and Buddhism and Native American culture. Yes. So it like it it is culture. Like there is culture in Brave New World. It's or in the reservation. Mm-hmm. It's and I don't mean this word in the sense of the curse word that it usually is. It's bastardized. Yes. Meaning, and I don't mean that like like people usually say that like a curse word like you jerk, uh-huh. um, but bastardized meaning like it's not the correct, not the right version. Like it's they they kind of grabbed a little bit of everything and threw it together to mm-hmm. like the reservation tried to make this culture. Yeah, is there culture in the world state? Well, that was my question. I was going to ask you. Oh, sorry. See, we're on sorry. The same page. We are. We're thinking with one brain today. Is there culture in the world state? Mm. Let's think of things that. Okay, so what do we think? What do we think is culture? You know, what, like how does Amber define culture? How does Kate define culture? And then we can say if they do. Okay. I say culture is a set of norms, rituals, images that pertain to a group of people. Yeah. And uh, 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 and behaviors. So by that kind of static definition, yes. Yeah, so if we take your definition of culture, which is pretty much the same that I was thinking. Behaviors, symbols, yes. norms, images. Yes. There the is culture. State, yeah, there is culture. You have... The cast. You have the cast system. You have people that are... Um, 
religiously participating in the solidarity service every couple weeks. You have the colors you that go the colors that go with, with each. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the motto. The motto that everybody recites. Community identity stability. And the songs. And the songs. But, yeah. but it's like, it's not, it doesn't feel rich. Like, it doesn't feel like there's blood flowing through it. It feels like... like there's no, there's no excitement to it. Yeah. You know, like when you... Well, like, you know how when you think about, like, I'm going to pick on a group that we, that we probably sort of belong to. Like, you know, WASP, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yes. That, like long time American generic Christian don't associate really with anything except your small town America. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big part of me that falls into that too. That seems kind of bland, like a like there's not much to it. Whereas like I, when I lived in New York, there was a really um, vibrant Greek culture in my neighborhood. Everyone ate Greek food. They did Greek dances. They listened to Greek music. They made and drank Greek liquor. They traveled to Greece as much as they could. That that culture seemed vibrant. Like it seemed Mm -hmm. like there was blood flowing through it. It was alive with the spirit of Greece, even though we were in New York. Um, I don't feel that in the world state. No. I feel like with with your culture, you should be excited for it. Mm-hmm. You should want to explain to people what it's about and, like, encourage them to come. Yes. You know, it, like, to participate and, fig- and know more about, like... And what proud you're of it. And proud of it. And you just don't get that sense with the world state. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because it's so robotic. Yeah. And, and it requires people... I mean, it has conditioning. It requires people to be the same. Um, And it's, there's no, like, you can't create personality. You can't let personality come out. It's everyone has one motto. Every single person, even though there are casts, every single person believes community identity stability. Every single person wears colors and believes everyone belongs to everyone else. And the less, the more stitches, the less riches. And even if you feel, even if you kind of like start to show how you're becoming like more of an individual in society and express your your thoughts more, you're pretty much exiled yeah. to Iceland. And you know, I, I'm kind of curious of how many people they have exiled to Iceland. What that population is like. I, I mean, we don't really get the answer. We don't to get that. that answer, but that's something. Are that, those all the free thinkers? Can they squash them? You know. Yeah. I, and that and it makes me feel kind of sad for the reservation because Huxley does a really good job of making neither of these two places desirable. Yeah. Because in the reservation, it's still an amalgamation of stuff. It's not like they have Christianity and they found Jesus and they're so happy. They have, like, they kind of have Jesus. They do some of the weird rituals, but they also take the worst parts of it. Like, they whip people. And I'm assuming that probably has some biblical roots to the whipping of Jesus, but that's not the part of Christianity that I want to take. No. That's one of the worst things. But no, he does a very good job of showing the two extremes. Yeah. And making people question okay, so where do we go as a society? Where do we fall in? And. What are you yeah. willing to do to get to this extreme or to the next extreme? Agreed. Um, the, 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 the bulk of, I keep saying the bulk of, as we're moving along in this text, 
Um, there's a part where Linda is kind of like drunk and laying around and John starts to read to her from Shakespeare, the book that Pope brought. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I skip over the prevalence of this. I sort of wish we, I, I think we have an option to teach Shakespeare in Symposium, but... We do. We I, could. I think it's a little bit later in the semester. Yeah, and 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 it's uh, teaching Shakespeare is a hefty load for freshmen. It is. Um, but suffice it to say, Shakespeare is one of the greatest playwrights writes of all time. He says so many things about the human condition and the themes of of life. So, like, I get why. Huxley had John read Shakespeare mm-hmm. as like this would be one of the greatest losses if we eradicated literature from our culture. Yes. So, so there's a, a, some scenes here where John is reading aloud. Um, he's kind of going through his mind, getting you know angrier and angrier at Pope for all of the crap that he's done, mm-hmm. um, and then and then he gets riled up to the point of saying he's going to kill him. Yes. Um, and uh, so, like, I think one of the important parts that I took away from this is that there are bad things that happen. Like, like seeing how John, who we think is a good person for the most part, is getting riled up to violence. Like, that's maybe the reason why we went in the direction of the world state is is maybe the world was kind of like the reservation and maybe if everyone was acting like that, if it was fraught with domestic violence and violence in response to domestic violence, maybe that's why it started to go in that direction. Maybe. But I have to wonder too, the the reservation is lacking in support. Yeah. In help. Whereas, yeah, I can see where the world state will probably, like, a couple of those people thought, yes, we don't want to be in this reservation. We don't want to go the direction where this is heading to. Yeah. Um, so let's start controlling people instead of, okay, what support systems could we put in place for people who have had, you know, yeah. who are in terrible family situations or, you know, they need to get out of the domestic abusive relationships oh. or... And that makes me think again of the world that Huxley was living in because this was, it was post-war. So yes. you could make a comparison of the, of the trauma of domestic abuse to the trauma of a world war. And the way our world reacted was the rise of fascist party because all the pe- those people in that area of Germany felt like they had been treated unjustly. So they yes. wanted to rise and, and be the ultimate power. Yes. And, and that happens a lot in domestic abuse situations. You get away from domestic abuse and then you go on and you abuse as well because you had no power when you were getting abused. So now you go on and exert your power on someone else. Yes. Yes. It's a vicious cycle. Exactly. So... Um, to continue in the text, they, they view, um, so, I mean, John attacks Pope. He, he attacks him. He cuts his shoulder. Um. We have blood. Yeah. And what I, uh, in the end, yeah. So, yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't kill him. He just kind of attacks him. He just attacks him. He's just venting out his frustration. Yeah. For, you know. Well, and that's the thing is, no, neither Pope nor Linda were equipped to teach John how to normally deal with stuff. Like, it, it's then, like you said, with, like, the dysfunctional homes, Linda is yearning for another time she's never had, and Pope has been on the reservation his whole life without 
any other type of help or training. Like, we don't really know exactly what yeah. his background I is. Mean, John is seeking those connections from his, from Linda and from Pope, but it's hard to find those connections whenever you're, whenever Linda is seeking, yeah. you know. She just is, wants to be drunk all the time thinking about the world she left. Yes. And then you have Pope, who's from the reservation, who, he doesn't really see John as his son. No. So, I mean, just. I mean, he's more, not. And he's not. And I mean, Whereas if you do have a person that's coming into living in your house, like a stepdad, yeah, you know, at event you you will be like that's your son, father. Yeah, I mean, some people have a great he stepfather. Have that. No. So he does not feel connection in the home. Um. So yeah. Okay. So after, after that part, then they're they they're like they're both outside and they witness a wedding, and. Uh, Linda's reaction is like, oh, this is so silly in the world state. We just took anyone we wanted whenever. Yes. Um, and they're, they're really young. They're like 15, 16. Um, and I think John is more, uh, you know, he's more intrigued by it. Uh, and he wants to be part of the ritual. But then he ends up in a fight with a group of guys that, like, he wants to join kind of that reservation ritual, but then he gets in a fight and gets beaten up mm-hmm. because he's white, you he's know. White. He's not them. He's not one of them. Yeah, he's not one of them. Um, and then uh, there's a part I love at the end of page 136. It's after the fight. Um, he It's in the moonlight. He kind of steps away from everything. He's been in this fight. He's been beaten up. And he says... You know, he held out his right hand in the moonlight. From the cut on his wrist, the blood was still oozing. Every few seconds, a drop fell dark, almost colorless in the dead light. Drop, mm-hmm. drop, drop. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, he had discovered time and death and God. Oof. That, like, what a... Oof. You know, that just sits there, and they don't even really address it anymore. No, they, I mean, they... <sighs> they kind of like cut it off at that point yeah and, and he's he starts having a conversation with bernard and like another scene i guess you could yeah say, it was like a tv show or a movie exactly um but, but that's like the moment that's like john's like humanity that's him like i, I that, that's when i feel my humanity is usually like standing standing at the beach or standing in the moonlight it's funny like huxley really got that like he talked the scene with bernard and lennon on the beach and the scene with john here looking at the moonlight those are like I mean, maybe I'm a secret witch, but those are, like, the times when I feel like myself. I feel one with God or the universe or whatever. Well, yes, because, I mean, it's nature. It's where you're looking at the the creation that God has made. Yeah. I mean, you are just so in tune with everything that it's it's hard not to... No matter what your belief is, you either see the glory of God or you see the connection of the universe. Yes. What, what, you know, or you you feel yourself. You feel the power within yourself. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I go back and forth. I have no idea sometimes what I believe. I feel, I feel like it's okay whatever I believe in those moments. In those moments? Yes, absolutely. Um... But, I mean, it, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. we're left off kind of thinking about, like, what John's thoughts are. And yeah. then we're kind of, we transition over to where John is talking to Bernard about how he's kind of talking about the world state. Yeah. And then, and then Bernard talks about bringing them back, bringing John and Linda back bringing to the John world state. Bringing back, yeah. And unbeknownst to John and Linda, where Bernard pretty much wants to, like, say, hey, director. Yeah. He, yeah, know? he knows, he knows that subtext. Um <laughs> And then at the end of the chapter, John, I, I think they said it one other time. Like, I think, because he starts making a connection to 
uh, Shakespeare, John does, to, um, which story is it? The Tempest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he says, you know, like he's, he's, John says he's dreamt of going to the world state. And he says, yes. to think it should be coming what I've dreamt of all my life. And he says, do you remember what Miranda says? And Bernard's like, who, you know, like who's that? And Miranda is uh, what the daughter in The Tempest. Yes. And, you know, and in the story, Miranda has never seen another human because she was raised on an island alone with her father. So when she sees the group of people that come to that island, she's so excited about it. So that's kind of, John feels like he's relating to Miranda here because he's about to go back to where he came from. And then at the end, he says, oh, brave new world, oh, brave new world that has such people in it. Let's start at once. Yeah, he's just so that, excited. I think, that, I think that's quoting from, from The Tempest as well. Okay, okay. Um, he, yeah, he is just so excited that to go to this world state that is not the reservation. Yeah. And I think he really wants to seek out those connections of like finding something new to start over, maybe. Yeah. And the one, and then Bernard kind of gives us a little like humor foreshadowing. He says, anyway, you be- don't you, don't you think it'd be better if you wait until you actually see this new world? And that's yeah. kind of like a dun dun dun. Well, I mean. John has grown up with Linda pretty much giving, like, very positive, positive memories, yes. you know, of the world state. She know? was torn from this wonderful world where everything was happy. And thrown into a very dark and dirty, disgusting and they, they from, live according a, to the book. Yeah, and they live a rough life there. They live so, a very rough life, and he's not connected to it. So whenever he hears Linda talk yeah. about this world state, his expectations of going is just going... He's just so excited because it's like, I'm starting over. I'm going to feel connected because this is a wonderful world I'm going to. And this ends up being one of the tragedies of the book is John doesn't really belong anywhere. I know. He is like, he was handicapped by both of his parents, Linda and the director. Yes. Not his biological parents from fitting in in either of these worlds. Yeah. Um, You know, when when I read this book, usually I think Lenina is the person I identify with the most. But right now, just like in this moment, I feel like John, especially, and I feel like a lot of our students probably do because they are on the cusp of their childhood. They're entering adulthood. Now, where do I belong? Do I belong in like my, my, my happy, ignorant childhood hood, or do I belong in an enlightened world of adulthood that I'm entering going to college? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they even start to question that a little bit more, especially when they start going back home around the holidays. Yeah. It's like, wow, I can't believe how much I've changed by just going to college and yeah. experiencing new things. Um, That's true. Yeah. And, and that, that this, is, this is the little, the little jewel. This is finding a connection that hopefully our students can get hopefully. to this text. Um, and that's the end of chapter eight. That's the end of chapter eight. Yeah. There's like, yeah. Let's uh, let's stop there. We'll yeah, we'll come back again with nine. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.